Welcome into another edition of the Godfather and Gorney podcast. My name is Dave Barry, and I'm joined by the stars of the show, Mike Farrell and Adam Gorney. Uh, guys, we got a lot to talk about today. We're going to talk about, Mike, your three-point stance. You talked about what ifs, like what if Justin Fields was back at Georgia, how that would pan out. We'll talk about the Big Ten vote and the details that, were, that came out with that recently. And we'll talk about hot teams and recruiting. But we're going to first start with college opt-outs, such as uh, Jamar Chase and Tyler Shelvin. So, Mike, I'll start with you and what you want to discuss there. Hi, Gorney. Hi. Hi. So, LSU is uh, in big trouble. Yeah. Um, 17 starters, I believe, from last year. Gone. Um, you know, Shelvin surprised me a little bit. I think he needed another season to show that he could actually pursue the passer and show added athleticism. Jamar Chase is going to be wide receiver number one. Yeah. Um, but – you know, it's going to be interesting to see how LSU performs this year with a new quarterback and pretty much a whole new team. There's a lot of young players there that are talented and can step up, but uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think obviously Alabama is the team to beat in the West, and then you might have to push Texas A&M ahead of LSU. So what about Auburn, too? I think Auburn is going to probably be a little bit of a – Sleeper in that group, but yeah. here's the question: Can Saban keep all of those kids from not declaring? I mean, how is it that all these LSU guys are declaring, and Najee Harris and Leatherwood and all these guys up and down the line are deciding to come back and play? I mean, that's pretty impressive. Um, I have a simple answer for you. What's that? LSU won the national title last year. Mm-hmm. That's not a big difference. Fun. I mean, these Alabama kids are a little bit more hungry and angry and. Saban's motivating them in that way. And, you know, these guys said, listen, we won a national championship that, you know, the year can't get better. Yeah. So why try? How about this, though? Tyler Shelvin, possible first round pick, Mike? No. no. One and a half sacks in his career. No, nah, he, he's not a first round pick. First of all, because everything's changed. So, so I don't know where I wrote this, probably in the COVID blog, but. Marcel Darius was a first-round pick, number three overall in 2011, as a big, large, fat, you know, run-stuffing defensive tackle. Those right, they don't gone, gone. Yeah, they yeah. they want him, but not in the first round. Right. Know? So you get your Christian Wilkins and your Derek Browns and your Dexter Lawrences and players like that that are athletic that can chase the passer. Marvin Wilson, um, you know, those are the guys that they want. And, you know, I think he's going to, I think he's going to fall to the middle because he's the kid who's battle weight. You know, he was almost not a five-star. He was the last five-star for us. And, and there yeah, was a big debate. He's actually trimmed 20 pounds since high school to LSU. Yeah, he was a monster. Yeah. Uh, way out of shape. But athletic for his size and he crushed the pocket and we stuck with the five star on it and we probably shouldn't have you know but back then this trend wasn't as obvious as far and as he was castles. 34th then he was 34th which is kind of a fringe five star you know yeah he was the last i remember debating him and you know we just decided to to get take a shot on him um and he's done well you know he had a good season last year no sacks last year, but 39 tackles. Oh, I mean, 350 pounds. He's not going to chase anybody down. And so I think he's going to be a mid-rounder. I think he's the type of kid that 
is going to slide as others play. Right. I do too. You know, and I think uh, Kenneth Gainwell is the same at Memphis. Um, now I know he's, you know, he said he's had four people affected by COVID and his, his reasons are not draft focused, but I think he's a one season guy that needed to come back and prove he wasn't a one season guy. So, um, I think other running backs are going to run, you know, push out of him too, and he's going to slide. So some of these decisions that are made, uh, you know, they're just going to affect the draft status of these guys, some positively, some negatively, but Tyler Shelvin is, is a negative. And I think Jamar Chase is a positive. I mean, he's proven what he needs to prove. And he's, you know, he's better and bigger and more physical than Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddell, uh, you know, Tyler Wallace, some of the other guys that are way up there for the draft. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any question that Jamar Chase has proven what he needs to prove. And he's going from a situation where he played with one of the best quarterbacks in college football history for that year to Miles Brennan, who's wildly unproven and who knows what's going to happen. So I think that one makes complete sense. I do, I do wonder, though, if Smith puts up great numbers again or if Waddle, because, you know, the NFL's starting, a, not starting, has loved those small, super, super fast guys. And he and Waddle's going to be kind of the Henry Ruggs of this year where he jumps into the first round, even though he probably shouldn't, just based on speed and how he does at the combine. So it'll be interesting to see if Chase stays at the, at the number one spot at receiver or if Waddle, maybe Smith, kind of sneaks in there too. And I do think Rondale Moore will be in that conversation too after the year. No, 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 no. After what he did there? Come on. Yeah, one year. Yeah, one year. It. Jamar Chase had one year. Jamar Chase had a pretty good year the year before. Uh, and he hasn't had any injury issues. Yeah, the injury, the injury issue. And he's not 5'9". You know? I don't know if that matters anymore. I think it does. You know, Rondell has to run sub for four to be a first-rounder, I think. You know? And he can. You know? Uh, he won't run in the four twos. Uh, and he run, won't run into the low four threes, I don't think. But, uh, you know, it's risky. He's a strong kid for sure, but, you know, he's had injury issues. There's question marks around him. But, again, I guess who knows? I mean, Tua went, what, fifth? Yeah, they don't care about that. Yeah, he's made of glass. So, <laughs> you know, but wide receivers are a little different. You know, there's so many of them. Yeah. Um, quarterbacks are so rare. Like, this wide receiver class is absolutely loaded. But I would take uh, Rashad Bateman over over Rondell Moore. I would take, uh, you know, Waddle. I would take um, Devonta Smith. I would take Tylen Wallace if he comes back and shows he's healthy. Uh, and, of course, Jamar Chase. There's probably a few others. But Yeah, it's loaded. Know, yeah, some people, you know, some, some, some conferences opted out. So I get Rashad Bateman, you know. Um, I get Rondell Moore, you know, but some of the, the programs that are playing this fall and some of the kids opting out, it's just an interesting decision and might not be the right one. But again, you know, even if you go off, let's say Shelvin gets drafted in the third or fourth or fifth round, you know, he's, he's going to cash a check and play in the NFL. And if he's any good, he'll get a second contract and make a ton yeah. of money. So, you know. And, and uh, what would Tyler Shelvin have done this year that he didn't do last year? I mean, 
it's not exactly like he was a completely different player this year. He would have just probably dealt with more double teams and probably yeah. had worse stats. So it makes sense to come out. I can't blame him. Uh, so let's move on to the Big Ten and the three teams that decided that they wanted to play and have some guts and, you know, the 11-3 to 3 vote. It came out the Nebraska players' suit. The Big Ten responded and gave some information, which was very interesting, that Ohio State, Nebraska, and Iowa were the only three teams that said, let's play this fall. Um, you know, I think it's going to help recruiting to an extent. Um, you know, Ohio State doesn't need help. They're, they're just recruiting off the hook. But for Iowa and Nebraska, they can sell this, you know, to kids. You know, yep. we want to play football, you know, and they're also known as blue collar type of programs anyways. So, you know, what surprises me, I guess, and again, these are university presidents. These aren't the high, these aren't the head football coaches making these decisions. Um, are a few schools, especially Michigan and Penn State, that, that yep. voted against it. That surprised me. Now, you went to Penn State, so you could tell me what they're what their justification for that might be based on your experience? My experience there. <laughs> Dude, that 100 was 20 years, ago. years ago. Yeah. yeah um, well, what, the thing that interests me about that is that Harbaugh and Franklin were talking, talking big about playing and getting on the field and all those kinds of things. And then uh, their university presidents kind of voted against them. Um, Jim Harbaugh laid out an entire plan about how to get back on the field and how to play and, a lot of people called it sensible and realistic. And then the university president uh, said, no, we don't want to play. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I have a lot of friends still in Pennsylvania and a lot of people are still there. And the numbers are drastically down. They're minuscule in central Pennsylvania, in a rural town in central Pennsylvania. And they brought all, you know, they brought their students back to campus. So how Eric Barron, the president of Penn State, can say it's safe for 60,000 students, undergrad and graduate, to come back and go to class is fine. And we're going to monitor them and, and figure this out. And f to not have the football players be able to play in a football game is beyond me. Um, yeah. It's not beyond me, but I just don't want to say what I think it is. Well, well and, and here's the interesting part is that Harbaugh was about to sign an extension prior to this whole COVID thing. I don't believe he did. Yeah. Um, I wonder if this helps ease him off to the NFL. Not that they're trying to get rid of him, but, you know, will this be something that sticks in his mind? They don't have my back. You know, Franklin just signed an extension at Penn State after, you know, the rumors of him going to USC and other places. Florida State, I think, was another rumor. You know, so he's locked in as well, but I, I don't know. I mean, I know these guys want to play football, and I know they're extremely upset with the decision. I know that. Right. Um, you know, they, they've prepped quite a bit. And I also know they're upset with the 12-hour restriction in, in yeah, practice. Yeah, and, and that, that's what I was going to say. Not only the decision not to play, it, but if there was a realistic plan in place moving forward, which in the Big Ten there just isn't, um, they're talking about 12 hours. Okay, why is 12 hours okay, but 20 isn't? Why is 12 hours okay, but playing isn't? Um, when are we starting this? Why is it better to play in the freezing cold winter across the Midwest than it is in the mild to moderate fall and early winter 
in the Midwest. Why is it okay if the plan is to play only indoors where the <laughs> virus spreads much more indoors than outdoors? Why is that okay? So Kevin Warren yes. has fumbled this from the beginning. It's been, a, it's been a complete disaster. His son is playing at Mississippi State. They chose to let his son play, but the people in the conference that he runs can't play. I mean, the whole thing is a joke. Yeah. I, I just, um, I, I'm thinking it's going to, you know, affect these programs in a way where maybe somebody loses a coach down the road. You know, I mean, and again, I'm just talking, I mean, Purdue with Brom, he's been courted from other, you know, sure. conferences and schools. And, you know, I'm not just saying Harbaugh and Franklin, and I'm not saying they're going anywhere. I'm just saying that, you know, it, it's very odd that, you know, big power institutions like that didn't back him. And I get, you know, the reasoning, and we all know the underlying reasoning, and I don't want to talk about it because I hate politics yeah. and all that stuff. But, you know, I, I just think that Nebraska and Iowa and Ohio State can use this to their advantage. You know, we wanted to play. You know, player safety is important, but, you know, we had all the the, the, the protections in place, and, and they wouldn't let us play. And, uh, you know, now there's talk of Thanksgiving, but now that's not – talk uh you know i've been this it's been described to me that they're just going in circles this is from a prominent prominent big 10 coach you know they're just going in circles and 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 frustrating everybody and the word seems to be on their conference calls when they have them everybody doesn't seem to be working together toward one goal let's say it seems like everyone has their power struggle or what they want to have happen and some are for starting in Thanksgiving, which seems to be a non-starter. Some are talking about right after the New Year. Some are talking about after the Super Bowl, which would put them in February. And then some are talking maybe an even later start than that. So I, as we've talked before, and which is one of the sticking points with me, is unless there's a vaccine, a miracle vaccine that everyone is willing to take and adopt into their universities from the second it's available, I just don't see why playing football in Wisconsin in January is safer than playing football in Wisconsin in September. It's not. I mean, it's definitely not. And, you know, that's just the way it is. And and the weird part about this is it's, you know, there's been meetings that have occurred where not every president is present. And, yeah. and the latest meeting with the coaches last weekend, not all the coaches were present, you know, as a select few coaches. And, you know, I think it's posturing. I think they're trying to feel let the coaches feel they're involved in this, you know, but they're not. You know, this is not a decision that they can make. And it comes down to university presidents. And my hope is and this is nothing against the Big Ten and the Pac-12, you know, coaches, teams, players, anything like that. But my hope is we have a good college football season with little drama yes uh you know the 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 covid creepers in the media don't have much to write about in that respect and the big 10 and pac 12 look completely idiotic and stupid that's my hope yeah and Um, it's gonna yeah it's up to the other three power five conferences to do that and they're going to Yeah, there are going to be cases. It's inevitable. I mean, just look across campuses. Um, But there are still so many things. I mean, there was a New York Times story this week that every positive case, it's not determining how much coronavirus is in the person. So you you can't even tell if they're contagious or not. Um, I just feel 
that slippery slope of politics there, bro. Yeah, I know. And I've been talking to high school coaches going out to some events here. And it, it just feels like everyone I talk to says kids being outside and exercising is better than kids not being outside and exercising. And kids are going to be around each other, whether the these high school or colleges say they can be or can't be. The best way to handle this is to control it, to have them monitored by doctors on their campuses and to get them outside during in rigorous exercise. That's the best way to do this, not to shut them out, just like the regular students who don't have to yeah. exercise at all. So perfect, perfect scenario. The three major conferences play a season with limited drama. Yes. Um, you know, the Big Ten and Pac-12 play their season in the spring and then we get back to normal in 2021. You know, the problem being is that the turnaround time for the Big Ten and the Pac-12 will be so tight that they might have to reduce their schedule uh, in 2021. And then on and on we go. So, you know, it's it's a mess. Uh, but, you know, I do like the fact that, you know, Sean Wade's dad has been so outspoken and there's been so many Big Ten players and, and, and coaches that have come out, Justin Fields, um, you know, and guys like that starting petitions. You know, they want to play. So whenever I tweet, let them play, everybody says, oh, yeah, you don't care about their safety. I'm like, listen, they want to play. Right. You know? So let them play. So let's let's have some fun oh, at yeah. the expense of the Big Ten and the Pac-12. I wrote an article this morning, which I thought was rather genius. Um, and I know neither of you read it because you guys no. suck. Right. No. But it it, it, it it was, let's pretend that these Pac-12 and... Uh, Big Ten stars could go to any school they want to immediately and play. Let's pretend. So I picked five from each conference, and I started off with Justin Fields going back to Georgia. I thought about Tennessee because they need a quarterback, and they would make them an instant contender. But Georgia was just too sweet not to mention. Especially after he showed up at the scrimmage. Yeah, and then I thought, you know, listen, this is a guy who used, you know, uh, a, a, a hostile environment as a reason to get his waiver immediately. So it would never happen. And and so it's all pretend. But, right. man, they would be, you know, probably behind Alabama and Clemson still for national championship contender. But with that defense, they would be right up there in the top three. Without a doubt. A, and they might still be. Yeah, it's too hostile of an environment there, though, for Justin Fields. So it wouldn't happen. But I would say right. Jamie Newman, uh, I don't know. I don't think he's all that far off. I think Jamie Newman's going to be a very, very good quarterback in that offense. He made Wake Forest's offense go. And Wake Forest didn't have a whole lot. So... I think he's going to be very, very good. But, 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 but he had, he had, this is what they all say. He had bad games against the good teams. And I mean, people, people forget that he lost also his best weapon. In yeah. So, yeah. I mean, Jamie Newman is good, but he's not Justin Fields. Justin Fields would walk in there. He would kick Jamie Newman and JT Daniels right in the ass and take the starting job and, <laughs> and kick butt. So I sent Micah Parsons to Oklahoma. You're welcome, Sooners fans. Yeah, um, because he was interested in Oklahoma during the recruiting process. Uh, I think he's a really dominant player at the Big 12 level. Uh, they losing Kenneth Murray, so they need someone to step up. And so where would you send Micah Parsons? Well, I would I 
if it's a conference that he would have to play now, I guess it would be Oklahoma. Oh, come on. you got to come up with something different. Think a little well, bit outside the box. Put him on a different team so we have fun talking about this. You can't just agree with me. I'd send him to Alabama. There you go. With Dylan Moses and have him team up. Ooh, that'd be big. All right. So I sent Nico Collins, you're welcome, Michigan fans, to Clemson to replace Justin Ross. I thought that was a stroke of genius on my part. I know they've got tremendous wide receivers that could step up and replace Justin Ross. But with Trevor Lawrence there for one more year, and Nico Collins being the freak he is, who has really suffered due to poor quarterback play. I think that's a match made in heaven. Where would you send Nico? Well, if he goes to Clemson, I don't even know if he's starting. Oh, um, uh, all right. We got to go on the Michigan board. Uh, uh, you know, he went from 38 catches to 37 last year. It's not exactly like he's completely crushing college football at Michigan. <laughs> they think he's the greatest receiver to ever live. <laughs> he had really fewer did. catches last year than the year before. Hmm. Um, would well, I? Would Jay I? Patterson for that. Who would you take off the field at, at Clemson? That's the question. I mean, I know those it's young those young bucks coming up. I think, and, and there well, is I mean, no replacing more, Justin Ross. He's more experienced, you know, than Nada. So. Um, you know, I think he would definitely plug in there. Yeah. As one of the two guys. Um, I'm not really sure. I'd send Nico Collins down to LSU and put him on the outside and throw it up to him all day long. Yeah. I got an LSU one that we'll hit in a second, but that's a good one too because imagine Nico Collins and, uh, and Terrence Marshall. I know. That'd be good. <laughs> that'd be big, two big wide receivers. Miles Brennan could not like complete less than 70% of his passes. <laughs> <laughs> just throw it in the general area. <laughs> I sent Rondell Moore to Auburn because I think he is perfect for that Auburn offense. Yeah, with him and those speedy guys that they have, I think that'd be a, a nice little fit. Get the ball out and let him run with it. And the inside handoffs and the things they do, the bubble screens, a lot of the stuff they do with speedy guys when they have them. Uh, but where would you send them? Where else? Let's, let's find another team for them. <sighs> Miami. Okay. So that's a good one, too. Um, I thought about that. Did I give Miami anybody? Him and De'Ara King on the same, the same offense? That'd be, that'd be great to see. Yeah, I did give Miami somebody, but we'll talk about that in a second. Um, yeah. No, I mean, that, that they need playmakers, certainly at wide receiver. You know, Florida would be another one that you talk about. Yeah. Because they need – you know, guys who could stretch the field and, and make plays from all over. So, um, Pratt Fryermuth, tight end, I sent to LSU um, to team with Terrace Marshall as a red zone guy and re re replace Moss. Um, I thought about it. You know, Florida doesn't need a tight end. Miami doesn't need a tight end. Uh, and I didn't want to send guys to the same school. I, mean, I, could, I could send all 10 guys to Alabama if I wanted to. Right. <laughs> I thought LSU was kind of a cool fit there. What about Texas? Yeah, I do Ellinger. have someone going to Texas, um, and you're going to love it. But, yeah, that, that would be good as well, and probably more of a need yeah. uh, than, than the guy I sent there. Um, do you hear my dog crying? Yes. I, it's, it's so annoying. Like, he just wants to play with his ball. 
That's it. Yeah. It's his whole life. His whole freaking life. If I took that ball away, I think he would just wither away and, and die. Probably would. Um, it's like you and Twitter. He's that obsessed. <laughs> Gorney told me this week, by the way, Dave Barry. This is amazing. That uh-huh. he does not have anybody on notifications from Twitter. So all of the offers that he retweets and all the stuff he tracks that he's constantly tweeting and retweeting and liking and all that stuff, that just comes from him scrolling through his timeline. Now, Oh, yeah. Gorney loves Twitter. But he follows like 6,000 people. Can you no. imagine? The I know. 7,300. 7,300 people. So he just scrolls all day long. So do you, are you a right-hand scroller? Um, well, on my phone, I'm like a two-hand thumb scroller. Uh, hmm. What is that? But on the computer, the new Twitter is kind of screwy, so you have to double tap to refresh, and then you can scroll real fast. And then I scroll back up, the new ones pop up, and I scroll back down through them. Okay. So that's a mouse, though. Yeah, it's a mouse. Yeah. All right. Are you do mostly on a phone or the computer? Mm, depends on time of day, but usually, usually on the phone. Is your right arm sizably bigger than your left arm? For reasons other than Twitter or because I'm <laughs> lifting so much, you mean? Yeah, for reasons other than Twitter. <laughs> no, for Twitter. <laughs> no, my two thumbs are, are quite uh, Yeah, sore, you could like actually. destroy somebody <laughs> with those two thumbs. Like you do the, like, the double thumb heart maneuver. Punch? Like, like from Kill Bill, you know, yeah. like. We had the the, 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 the the thing they did to the heart where it stops it. You could do that with your thumb. So anyways, that was astonishing to me. I don't know why I brought that up. I have no idea why I brought that up. It's an but impressive, anyways, impressive I run. Sent, I sent Panay Sewell to Alabama. That's too easy, though. Ah, it's fun. No. Panay Sewell? Yeah. Goes where? Hmm. <laughs> I tell you where the other place I thought Auburn. No, I thought Tennessee because Cade Mays isn't eligible. Yeah, that'd be a good one. You know, so he could be a bookend tackle, and then you got Trey Smith, and could go to Georgia too. Yeah, they need offensive line help. But I had already sent someone to Georgia, didn't I? Yeah, Justin Fields. That's unfair. I can't send more. You know, in Alabama, you know, I could send everybody there if I wanted to, but. Put him and Leatherwood on the outside. Move Elam in the middle, you know, to guard Dickerson, on and on. Crazy offensive line. Najee Harris would, like, run for 18,000 yards. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown, one of your favorite players ever, I sent to Florida. You're welcome, Gators fans, because there's a guy who has tremendous uh, ability to track the football, uh, make difficult catches, but also get downfield and make Kyle Trask even more effective. I got the best goal for him. What's that? Oklahoma State. Yes, yes, but I will. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to argue a little bit. <sighs> Their depth chart is deep. Now, I'm not saying Amon Ra wouldn't step right in with Tylen Wallace and be one, too, but you know how deep they are at wide receiver. Yeah, I think Dylan Stoner might have to go to the bench. <laughs> Florida is not deep at wide receiver, so I decided to give them a little bump. And I don't think I gave the Big 12 much love aside from Oklahoma. Can you Texas. imagine Spencer Sanders, Tylen Wallace, Amon Ra, and Chubba? <laughs> Crazy. 
<laughs> and they'd still give up 50 points a game. Yeah. Um, well, Chuba's not, Chuba's not playing, is he? So he's down. I did is give... He didn't opt out, did he? I don't. I don't remember. I no, I don't think he, he did. Out. No, I don't think I don't he did. Think he no, did. I don't think he did. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Javon Holland, I sent to TCU, so I gave TCU a little bit of love here because I love Trevon Morg at safety. I think he's the best safety in the country, and I would put Javon Holland right there at number two, or you know, you could swap him out easily. And having that combination there would be awesome against the pass-happy Big 12. You know what's so annoying about Javon Holland is in high school, he wasn't, like, all that incredibly special. Like, he was a good player. He made some plays here and there, but he wasn't physically imposing. He wasn't super, super fast, but he's really come into his own. Are you defending your ranking? Yes, I <laughs> you had him at a 584 star. I mean, he was outside the yeah. 250, which is a bit embarrassing because he's a lock for a first rounder, but still. Lock bad, for a first rounder. No, he's not. He's a lock for a first rounder. You want to bet? We should bet. We need to 20- start betting on our podcast. That bet. would be fun. I mean, there is the Yahoo Sportsbook. We could bet whatever we want on there. Well, Javon Holland, first rounder, I'd, I'd bet you. Yeah. I'll bet. Okay, I'll 20 bucks. Javon Holland is not a first round pick. I don't know if we could bet money. Well, I'm, 20, 20 uh, chips or whatever. Is your, is your state online. legally, are you legally able to gamble in California? No, we have a dictator for a governor, so we can't okay. uh, even go outside. Yeah. We can't in Connecticut either, even though New Jersey is like reeking, you know, raking in like billions of dollars from it. Yeah. But, and we've got two of the biggest casinos on the East Coast, but we can't gamble, you, can't uh, yeah. you know, on sports. So. Anyways, Dave will keep track of these bets because he loves doing that. So Javon twenty Holland. chips on Javon Holland as a first chips. rounder. It should be something embarrassing, like you know. But I don't know. I don't want to get into all that right now. Walker yeah. Little, I sent to Texas. He was down to Ooh. Texas and Stanford. I put him with Samuel Cosby as bookend yeah. tackles. Watch out. That just kills the Texas fans because he's a local boy that decided to go away, and yeah, but he would have been huge. He's back. He's, back. he's back. Now. He's yeah. back, baby. He's coming <laughs> off injury, but he's back. And that, he's that back. offensive line would just be awesome. Um, you know, and and that could be the difference. Like Micah Parsons can't by himself change the defense right. at Oklahoma. Right. Kenneth he'd probably Murray grow frustrated. Was, Kenneth Murray was really, really good. Um, yeah. and a first rounder. And he couldn't really carry them. No, Walker Little with you know, Cosme, with uh, Elliger, you know, with the, the young running backs that they have. And, you know, the wide receiver position is really the big question mark for them, I think. Yeah, um, you know, I think he could change things. Last one, and I probably should have done someone else. Uh, but I went Joe, Joe Tryon. Tryon. Yeah, Joe Tryon to... Uh, uh, Miami because he could replace Greg Russo and work with Quincy Roche. That would be huge. But there's a better pass rusher I forgot about. That opted out. Who? I don't know. There's got to be. Greg Greg Rousseau is the best pass rusher that opted out. Yeah, he opted out. There's somebody else. There was somebody else I thought of after I submitted this. And Hold I on. Like, I have hmm, the list up. I have the list been up of cool to include those that guy. Uh Oh, 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 no, it wasn't a guy who opted out. It was uh, uh, Hammerclar. Hammerclar. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hammer time. Uh, but then I thought, you know, like, nobody 
in the world knows who he is because he plays at Oregon State and people at least know who Joe Tryon is a little bit because Washington has a good fan base and all that stuff. So, um, but yeah, so there it is. Read it, enjoy it. Uh, if anybody does graphics, hit me up on Rivals Mike if you want to do these jersey swaps and really piss people off. Uh, we <laughs> don't need a Justin Fields one, really, because we have him in a Georgia uniform already. But uh, I would like to see Micah Parsons in an Oklahoma uh, uniform. That would really be fun. Hot programs, Gorney. Hot. 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 That's, that's sizzling right there. Sizzling hot. Yeah. Miami. So this is also in the three-point stance, which is arguably the best read on the internet every Tuesday and Thursday. Yeah. Um, Miami. So since late July, James Williams, who is supposed to go to Georgia, Rashard Smith, Thomas Davis, who's a mid-level three-star kid from Georgia. You know, he plays a little bit of hybrid defensive end linebacker. He's definitely a linebacker at the next level. Then Leonard Taylor in August and, and my man Chase Smith, who is so versatile. That's hot, but I want you to make the case for Alabama because I think they could easily be number one. Number one in the country or number one on this list? Number one on the hot. The hot. On the sizzle list? The sizzle. Well, Payne might be a five-star. Phenomenal. We, we all know he's going to go down to Alabama and be an absolute monster who's going to dominate Going up to Michigan to get him was huge. Kyrie Jackson's a kid that they absolutely love, and they think him being a three-star is a joke. So Okay, so I'm going to tell you this, though. Yes. They love every kid that commits to them. Well, I mean, they all are pretty, pretty They far. are good, but more so than any <laughs> other school. No, I know. It's, it's my God. It's an embarrassment you have this kid so low. So let's just get that out of the way that, the one program in the country that shouldn't really complain. <laughs> right. That's complain, yeah. <laughs> it, it thinks everybody is it should be ranked higher. So continue. Good wine, phenomenal film, so long, so athletic. I think he's gonna be a six four, two hundred and eighty five pound defensive end and dominate. Flipping Mill Row. How about that one, huh? Mm -hmm. That's a big That's a one. Big one. It's an interesting one. I don't know how much play he's gonna get early in his career. I don't know if he's gonna be a Jalen Hurts type that now, Milrow in person, jacked up, looks great. Still a little quirky with the throwing of the football. But uh, flipping him from Texas was huge. And Tim Keenan, another just monster in the middle, 325. And he's got a barrel chest like a, like a beer barrel. Uh, I'm gonna that say kid is massive. The recent pictures of Tim Keenan III lead me to believe, and listen, I'm not a not a carnival weight-guessing expert or anything like that. He's got to be like three, 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 370. 360, 370. I mean, he's yeah. huge. Uh, he's and, and that's that's a concern because, you know, it's hard for guys to slim down, as we talked about with Tyler Shelvin. Um, it's easier for them to bulk up. But that's a heck of a pull there. I mean, that's a four-star from, from uh, Michigan – it's a four-star from uh, Maryland. Yeah, Maryland. Flipping uh, four, a Texas kid. Four-star yep. from Texas and a four-star that Georgia was supposed to get. So you could make a case for them. My number three team, Florida. Now, this is why. Ready? They got Desmond Watson, who also could you know, lay off the 
Debbie desserts. Snack cakes. Yeah. And listen to me, the fattest, laziest person on earth, <laughs> just <laughs> absolutely tearing into people. That's what's fun about my job. It's like, I could, yeah, yeah, you got to be more athletic, bro. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And meanwhile, I can't even check the mailbox without like pulling a hamstring. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's what's fun about my job. You gotta lose some weight. And then they look at they look at me up and down. They're like, "What the hell?" <laughs> so, anyways, Desmond Watson needs to lay off the, the 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 Twinkies and stuff. But he's good. You know, he's he's a pocket crusher. But they were gonna lose Jason Marshall. He was yeah. gone. He had actually committed to Miami silently after the James Williams commitment, uh, right before he decided to go back and commit to Florida. And then they got Corey Collier. So that's a really good recent pull for Florida, uh, especially holding on to Marshall. I love... You want to make some more fat jokes? No, 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 no more fat. I I would never go that route, Mike. Well, I'm I'm just a horrible person. I think Corey Collier is a kid who's still trying to learn how to play football, and we don't know which position he's going to be at. But if he's a safety or a corner, he could be very, very good down the road. I love Jason Marshall. I think he's actually a little bit underrated. Um, the, the the inner company hatred on Corey Collier is going to be very interesting. Yes. Because uh, if he pans out, you're never going to hear the end of it from me. Ever. From you. Yeah, from you. Right, because yeah, we'll he's my guy. Like, yeah. I have been on the Corey Collier train once I saw his film. And and then he goes to camp and he's a safety, you know, and he gets beaten in camp, you know, by slot receivers who are running impossible rats. Yeah. With no press coverage. And I mean, he can press if you want, but and the quarterback is not hampered by by any sort of time restraint or it's just whatever. Like Quadruple moves and fun, fun stuff like that are camps. So you have to, like, be. I don't judge safeties. I mean, some of the best safeties I've seen, like Haha Clinton Dix and Landon Collins and and uh, Keenan Allen, who turned out to be a, a wide receiver. Who did I miss? Derwin James. Der- well, Derwin James was the best ever, but he he actually did cover like a corner. But these other guys struggle because they're yeah. big, and and it's difficult for them to turn. And Collier's not huge, but I don't worry about that much. But if he turns out to be a star, you're never going to hear the end of it from me. If he turns out to suck, like I'm still waiting for Kellen Mond, that'll be an interesting one. Yeah. Um, you know, so we'll see. But Georgia, I got next. I, I got you back, Bulldogs fans. So they're creeping up. They're, they're outside the top 10. They're creeping up the team rankings. And they got Jared Wilson, who's a flip. They got Brock Bowers from, from that uh, little West Coast of yours from Napa from from the wine capital of the world yeah but don't hold that against him at all because he's a tough kid like he, yeah big and he doesn't look tough like if you look at his picture you're like oh Napa I get it <laughs> but you watch him on film he'll be he's a tough tough kid and and he doesn't play around Javon Bullard who's okay solid get and then Dejon Warren which is a really good get for them too so Georgia is the team. Like I think it's Alabama, Ohio State, and then I Georgia. Don't. You think Georgia's going to win the uh, the mythical recruiting title? I think that there is a very good possibility, not just a possibility, a very good possibility that they get four of the top six kids in the country. Corey Foreman, well, they're going to get Mims. Mims. Yeah, Mason Smith. Yeah, 
That's three. They already have Vandegrift. I don't see them getting Mason Smith. But, no. again, Foreman and Smith want to play together. I get it. Yeah. What if LSU gets Corey Foreman? He's never visited there, and he yeah, won't but when commit he visits to school. there, you know he's going to love it. Yeah, I know. Corey, I Corey know. loves every visit. And all Corey, kids do. Corey does love every visit, just like every kid. But I, I got the sense from talking to Corey Foreman after he and Mason Smith visited Georgia that – George is going to be very tough to beat for Corey Foreman. And then Mason Smith is, is an outlier, obviously. The last number one player to leave the state of Louisiana was Landon Collins, and his mother threw a big baby fit about it. So it's going to be tough to pull him out of LSU. But if there's one team that can do if there's one team that, that would do it, it would be Georgia. That would be the only shot. So first of all, let's back it up and let's show a little respect for Landon Collins' mother, please. <laughs> She gave birth to the young man. She raised him. She has every right to be upset if she if he chose a school she didn't want him to go to. No, right? no, she does not. The baby fit is a little strong. I don't think it's strong at all. all Your right. son is making the biggest decision of his life on national television, and you going out and embarrass him? That's ridiculous. Well, it's been worse. Well, that's that's not exactly an argument for her. That's antics. true. But who was the who was the mom who grabbed the letter of intent from the school and went running? Alex Collins's mom. <laughs> that's impressive. <laughs> that's amazing. Look, look, like we can't get another letter. This is it. This is the right. only copy of the war. I'm out of here. And, and just picture, like you know, the road runner where you can't see the legs. Just running. Yeah. Or the, the car tires like burning out and then leaving. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a good one, too. And then there's another woman who, uh, another mother who uh, forged a signature uh, <laughs> on the letter of the kid didn't choose to sign. So so there's been worse. Yeah. But again, yeah. I think Mason Smith's still going to go to LSU. And we'll see. Yeah. Corey Foreman yeah. will visit LSU. He'll love LSU. And then he'll have a tough decision to make. But, but I agree with you on Georgia. I mean, they are poised to move up. Um, you know, and, and push for that number one ranking for sure, more so than than any other school. Um, and so a little bird told me today in my in my DMs uh, that to watch out for some future Ohio State decommitments. Wasn't Ooh. specific. Wasn't specific, but a bird told me so. Ohio State's class, mm, I don't think they'll be in trouble at all, but Bird did warn me. So let's go to five, Nebraska. I, g- I gave it to them because I looked at August and I looked at July for every school in the top, like 40. Yes. And I just feel, you know, Kamate Grimes is a nice get from Florida, for sure. You know, he was, he was wanted by numerous schools. Um, Cody Bretts. A, a very good get. A.J. Rollins, local tight end. But Thomas Fedone, if they didn't get Thomas Fedone, our Nebraska Red Scroll Seeds message board would have literally melted on the screen of everything. Yeah, it would have imploded. It would have imploded. Like worse than when the Gorn Dog goes on there and craps on the Calabrasca movement or anything like that. Like 10 times. How did that turn out for Nebraska? Good. I know. I know. I still have to keep explaining that to people sometimes. It's like people hate you because you, 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 you craft on the Calabrasca movement. And I'm like, okay, well, people hate me too. Cause like 
I crapped on Charlie Strong being hired at Texas, but I was I was right. Like, and I we knew, knew things. Those kids were flakes, man. We knew they were flakes. I knew things were not going well, or I was going to have a reasonable conversation when I went on there and said that Jody Lewis probably was not going to go to Nebraska and would probably go to USC because he had never been out of Los Angeles. All of his friends were here, close-knit kind of group and all that kind of stuff. And someone said that, well, they, you know, USC might have the Pacific Ocean, but we have really nice lakes and rivers in Nebraska. And I was like, Jody Lewis doesn't care about the ocean. He doesn't care about lakes and rivers. That is not why this is happening. So uh, Jebby is gone. Tyjon Lindsay was a bust. They're disappointing. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. obviously, Keyshawn Johnson Jr. never materialized, as was predicted numerous well, times. Who's, who's the other kid they thought they were going to get that got, just got arrested? Jalen Hall. I mean... It was a flaky group for sure. Yes, and yes. we kind of knew all the ins and outs of their. <laughs> Would you shut up? Um, if I don't throw the ball for ten minutes, this is what I get. So, we kind of knew the ins and outs of a lot of this stuff. You know, that risk, high risk, high reward. But Fedoni's not a flake, though. He's awesome. I no. love that kid. I think he is in line for the number one tight end in the country. Yeah, and they should throw him the ball every single time. No, he's awesome. He, he definitely is awesome. And he, um, you know, he lives in, in, in breathes Nebraska football, which is great as well. So you want to talk about a guy who can make some name image likeness money? There is a guy. Because the Nebraska yes. fans, by far, hands down, not even close, are the most passionate, rabid fans in college football. You will never convince me otherwise. I've been doing this for a very long time. I've been called every name. Uh, by every fan base i've been on every message board for years and years and years there is no doubt in my mind that nebraska fans are the most passionate and nicest too very very nice in person when they travel they well yeah in person not on message boards they're not nice people like no when you see them face to face they're nice people when they're talking like a tough person on on a computer they're, they're they're midwest people they should be nice like they they are they just have to get out some listen you know I go to the Iowa board and we say, yeah, we dropped this kid from four to three stars because very pleasant. And they're like, well, thank you for your explanation. I hope you have a tremendous day. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I go on the Nebraska board and I say, well, I don't think they're going to get this kid. Uh, And there's a hot dog with mustard being shoved into your mouth in a gif. (laughs) There's five pages of vile (laughs) hatred, you know, dating back to Harrison Beck. And nobody knows who Harrison Beck is. Right. Do you know who Harrison Beck is? Yes. I also know who Glenn Beck is. Well, we're not talking music. Oh, boy. But no, and that's that just... politics. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn Beck was a guitar player in the 70s. No, Glenn Beck used to have a show on Fox News and then he got oh, kicked off. Nobody cares about politics. They care about music. No. Dave, can you Google what band Glenn Beck was in, please, to educate Is us? Is he from Beck? Is he Beck, the band? No. He was in like a huge band, like the Eagles or something. Glenn Beck, according to the internet, is CEO of The Blaze. What is The Blaze? Yeah, that's... Oh, that's it's a the, TV and radio the... network. Yeah, he used to be on Fox News. Yeah, well, that's who's a the concern... guitar player? <sighs> Beck, guitar... I have to do everything. Come on, we're dragging here. We Jeff still have Beck. a 90 day to talk. Okay. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff Beck. Uh, he was in a band called um, 
the Jeff Beck group. <laughs> no, he was in he was in he was in the Yardbirds. He's famous, but I got their name wrong, so I'm stupid. So, anyways, Nebraska fans are just rabid and and, and definitely passionate, and I think that's you know there's just no. Uh, they're very excited about Thomas Padone. So let's move on to 90 days so we can wrap this up. Yes. This is the time you can tune out if you don't watch 90 Day Fiance. But if you don't watch 90 Day, you're just losing out. I just got another person hooked on it. They can't stop watching it. They can't believe what's happening. And it's almost with... like we want you to tune out because we don't, we don't want to know you if you don't love this show. That's true. I, I, I'm going to so start good. with Larissa. And the massive amounts of plastic surgery she's having done on Eric. And Eric has to pay. Uh, yeah, Eric has to pay for the whole thing. <laughs> Which cracks me up because she mispronounces every word. And, and then she says she needs liposuction knee on her tummy. Stomach. <laughs> on her thighs, on her body. Um, <laughs> she wants to get like triple D boob job how uh, how how what what a scumbag was that doctor i mean geez <laughs> i said to my wife i go imagine going eight years to medical school first do no harm helping people and then this is what you're going to do with your life i mean give me a break oh well that's a little bit judgy i mean there are plastic surgeons out there who are really good people i'm sure i'm not saying that i'm saying this doctor was why was not... he so creepy to you like why did you not like him <sighs> because he goes, I think you should get a six, not a seven. It would make you look too fat. I mean, oh, he was fat? such a materialistic jerk. Well, he did say her nose is big and bald. Yeah. And that was funny, though. <laughs> right. You know? um, but she's kind of boring. Maybe. No, yeah, that, that storyline I'm not into. It is. It, but she's going to meet up with Jess, and that'll be exciting. But Colty yeah. is still the king of 90 Day. Because he's in deep trouble now. Now he's apparently sent inappropriate pictures, pictures to of eight his women, private area to eight women in a month. Which like breaks, anyone wants to see that. Well, it absolutely shatters my record of seven. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, then she was going to show his, his mom. Yeah. <laughs> like, look, 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 look! Like, oh my God! And. <sighs> <laughs> all the talk. I have not seen these pictures. All the talk, and we've seen Colt in his little speedo. Yeah, uh, is how just gross he is in every which way. So he's he brings it every show. He's a narcissistic, arrogant person. I have no idea why. Yeah, why he, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. People can't figure out why any woman would be with him, but he is a absolute home run. No, Paul, the best thing about Colt. Wait, hold on. The best thing oh. about Colt is that he flew his girlfriend or he made his girlfriend fly like 16 hours from Brazil to Vegas to tell her in person yeah. that his ex-lover is now living in the house. Right. With and him. He, well, he was afraid that if he told her over Skype, she would break up with him. Right. But in person, so, it would probably be better. So yeah. instead, he invited her to the house where this woman is living. <laughs> but again, I mean, listen, we're not idiots. We know a lot of this is scripted and planned, but... Yeah, it's still yeah. fascinating. Um, still great. Karini is a horrible human being, and Paul is worse. Really stupid. Like really, like he brought her plantains yeah. to try to impress her, like to stay in America, and he found the biggest ones he could find. 
And then he took her to what? The, the poop processing plant? Yeah, that's the, that's this upcoming week. They're yeah. going to the water treatment facility. Yes. But the to, thing is, is I know the economy's not good, and but Paul just can't seem to get a job, and I think it's because he has that felony arson arrest. But yeah. He's got to be able to pick up some work. Um, well, yeah, you should be able to get a job someplace. McDonald's? Yeah. You know, someplace. So who am I missing? I always do this. I'm not good. The Russian, the, the Moldovan. Oh, Andre. Andre. Could that family be nosier? And just, more rude. Well, and also they all have like, not all, but many of them have criminal records. Wow. That doesn't surprise me. You know, but still like, stop asking questions about it. He doesn't want to answer them. Leave it alone. Right. Yeah. You, you know? ask once, you don't get a response. Then you meet up with Marcel, his best friend. Right. You're not going to get a response. him. Yeah. And then, then you leave it alone, and then you trust Libby that she's making the best decision for her life. I think the most amazing part about this whole thing was they stomped the grapes with their bare feet, right? And <laughs> stomped it, them grapes. And it looked like Sinjin stomped grapes for like five years with his feet in the bed. Did you see how dirty his feet were? I didn't want to look. That's disgusting. Uh, he got in bed. When when uh, what's her face was Chris, Crystal or whatever? Nah, I didn't Crystal. Um, I don't know. She's from Connecticut too. Can't remember. Yeah, her name. yeah. She's Sinjin and I don't know, whatever. And she's you know she's eating her her barbecue in bed because she <laughs> left the discussion because he told right. her it, it, that the universe is his guide and he goes where yeah. the wind goes and he doesn't right. want to have kids and he's not going to get a job and all this stuff. So. She's sitting there in bed eating barbecue, and he gets Tanya, Tanya, Tanya. He gets in bed and they're talking, you know, and they're probably both drunk because they always are. And he gets out of bed and you can see his feet. They are the 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 most disgusting, dirtiest feet <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. Have you ever seen that show? My feet are killing me. I refuse to watch it. So do I. My wife watches it because she's infatuated with like pimple popper and all that other stuff. Uh, uh. But. You know, these weren't deformed feet. These were just dirty feet that are never going to get clean. Never. It, it looked well, like he walked barefoot for 10 years. I said to my wife, I said, look, they're just two different people, okay? Like, Tanya wants to settle down, have a life, have kids, and Sinjin wants to go with the wind. And it's just, not, it's just never going to work out. Either Sinjin is going to uh, hate Tanya for making him settle down, or Tanya is going to constantly hate Sinjin for wanting to travel the world forever. Which brings us to Asuelos. Who? <laughs> <laughs> arguably the worst, arguably the worst person on the planet Earth that you could allow yourself to impregnate you twice. Twice. She's stuck. You know, all, all bets are off when you go to American Samoa on vacation. Wild times are had. But twice, twice, I said to Carrie, I said, look, cut your losses now. He's never going to be anything other than working at the yogurt shop. You got to move on with your life. I like the sister, though. Yeah, the sister is nice. And the father's funny, too. No, but no, the no. Best... I, like, I, like, I like Asuelo's sister. <laughs> I actually think she would have won in that fight. She is scrappy. She's like yeah. four foot two, but scary. Like 
scary, you know? Like, if she's stuck and moves, she could definitely win that fight. I and think. I also get, like, cultural traditions and things, but if I were to ever go to my mother-in-law and say, look, we're struggling with money and I need to pay for my kids and uh, Asuelo's only working at TCBY and I'm not working and it's tough, and then my mother-in-law goes, yeah, but I want the money. I don't care about the kids. I don't care about the kids. <laughs> Is that everybody on the show? Did we hit everybody? No, we forgot Michael. Oh, poor Michael. Oh, my, oh my God. God. I've never felt worse for anyone on this show than, than him. She is a horrible human being. Angela. When you're in Lagos, Nigeria, and you go to a place called Rumors, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to a few it... Rumors before. <laughs> right. I think I went to one in Charlotte. <laughs> I really do. You know it's you a know. certain sort of yeah. club right. for gentlemen. But <laughs> I just don't understand why he keeps apologizing and saying he'll amend his ways and all this other stuff. Like, there's got like, just get on Facebook and find another American woman, just any woman that's willing to take you. And he's a nice guy, too. Hit up the, who's the one from Ohio? Oh, but, the one that was with the uh, Muhammad guy. Yeah, what's I what? Go go with her. She looks somewhat desperate. Actually, yeah, what quite desperate. Michael's a nice guy. Yeah, you know she'll get you over to America. Don't put up with this garbage anymore. I I, no. I, I do not like Angela. She's no. a mean, mean person. Mean spirited. Yeah, and I think she's very uncomfortable with herself, so she has to like be defensive about everything. Wait, I don't so. Know. She, you don't think she loves the way she looks? Because pretty hot. <laughs> Not only looks, <laughs> just, you know, she lives oh, with her mom who's dying. She lives yeah. with her six grandkids. Like, it's just not a good situation. But Michael is so invested in this now. Mm. And she can't tote a baby either. So, right. I mean, he's, re he's really sacrificing a lot to get to America. Oh, uh, well, man, she brings nothing to the table for him. No, you know, nothing. Just nothing. abuse. Maybe he likes yeah. abuse. Yeah, just to be bossed around every day. Mm -hmm. I mean, whew. I don't. I mean, that's every marriage, but um, speak for yourself, not, Mike. Not to this extent. Oh, geez. no! Like, please, your wife absolutely owns you. <laughs> it's repulsive. When are you having your second kid? By the way, long story. <laughs> Dave, how's your wife? She's well. When is yeah. she due? September 30th. Have you and Friedman like been talking on the phone every day about being new dads? No, I didn't know that he was expecting. God, this company. The communication in this company is horrible. Horrible. Well, did, did you know uh, our photo editor is also expecting? What? Yeah. He's not married. Uh, Mike, it's I got 2020. News you. you don't you don't have to be married to have a baby. No, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm an old school guy. He better do right by that girl. <laughs> I'm going to have a little talk with him. Nobody told me that. Call him up. <laughs> yeah, Freeman's wife is due in September. Oh, really? Yeah, you guys should be talking. I had no time. idea. He's probably got some really good parental advice. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm stretching. Okay, I think we're done. I thought this was a good one. I know we have one listener, and I want to say hi to, to her. Hi. And and that's it. All and right. Well, good. let me let me give our uh, Twitter 
uh, handle yes. that real quick if, in case anyone still is listening. You can follow us at, at Adam Gorney, at Rivals Mike, and at Real Dave Barry. We'll see everybody again next week.